Well, hello and good morning and welcome to the Monday Main Point. It is Monday, April 25th, 2022. We are here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church. I am the Associate Pastor at Rose of Sharon, Jonathan Hendrickson, and I'm joined, as always, with the pastoral staff here at Rose of Sharon. I've got Jeremiah Custer, Blake Flincham, and our Senior Pastor, Jeff McCarthy. And uh, we're here. We this is what we do on Monday Main Point. We come together on Monday morning and uh, just talk about the message that we heard on Sunday. And uh, today we will be talking about, um, I guess, what is going to be the final sermon in this sort of reflections from Jeff's time away. Well, I got uh, one more, but it's oh, you got something one more. I'm going to talk about, but it's something that okay. I'm sorry, this is not the final yeah. one. This is the penultimate. I'm glad I said that. I'll, I'll probably had one more. So. All right, so this is the penultimate yes. uh, sermon in the uh, Reflections from Jeff's Time Away. But um, this is, uh, in some ways, Jeff, this one I felt like, and you, I think you said it in, in the message, it sort of dovetailed well with the sermon you did on various trials. Yeah, and that was the one that, that was the first thing that popped in my head when I, when everything happened to me. That yeah. was the thing that was going through my mind, and and I did mention the passages we covered. In yeah. A, in a in kind of a um, sometimes these trials are discipline right. without going into a lot of details. So this was kind of like the okay, now let's go back and talk about discipline since we we spent a lot of time that that day in Monday Main Point talking kind about of talking about discipline and, yeah. and what it means and all that. And so. for good reason, I mean, when you went back and reread that passage again, man, the number of times he says discipline, it's it's important to understand exactly what he's talking about there and and, and such. But this is this sermon is is not that. I mean, it's it it deals with that a little bit. But the the sermon this past Sunday um, listeners was uh, on when you are hurt at church. When you were hurt at church, um, and uh, the text actually is a shorter text. It comes from the same chapter, it's chapter Hebrews uh, 12, but this was uh, Hebrews 12, 12 through 13, and um, I'm going to read this really quickly. Um, I think you, uh, the version I have here is the NKJV, so that'll be okay. Um, that's what, uh, that's the first one you started yeah. off with, which is, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. And straight away, what I, where I want to start this off with is where you started, because I think there's um, there is an in, there's a, a an inclination I think among us to read this and immediately think in terms of the individual. Um, and, um, I need to strengthen my hands. I need to, you know, when my knees are weak, I need to, I need to buck up. Um, I need to clean up the path in front of my own feet. Um, so that if I'm disabled, um, I can, I can get, I can get healing and that's not going to happen unless I do something about it. And to some degree, I mean, yes, there has to be some sort of, uh, um, uh, individual impetus right there has to be some yeah sort you of, have to put forth an effort yeah right but what do you do if if you can't even you don't have the strength to even put up forth the effort right how, Which, how do you get what's the the catalyst to get you going yeah yeah and, and so i i like the fact that um you sort of went back and, and read into this that paul or, i'm sorry the author of hebrews not paul in this case um well, it may, could be, maybe it is we don't know who it is but the author of hebrews um, is is saying um, 
is saying a little bit more than just uh, this is an individual effort. This is um, this is to be considered in light of of the whole church, and and so that sort of sets the context for what you're doing w- with this entire sermon. It's when we are when we are heard at church, and then the t- the, the the start of each of your three points that you had in this message was we need to help. So so the idea here is that um, when it's maybe not so much when. It is when I am hurt at church, but it's also when people are hurt at church, people need to help. It's not when you're hurt at church, get over it yourself or pick yourself up and get better. Um, it's more when when you're hurt at church or when you see people hurt at church, know that, that it, it's, a, it, uh, it's not supposed to be something that you're going to do by yourself. Right. And um, I think that's really important for the discussion we're going to have. Um, because when, and I think this does happen, um, we, we tend to live in a very, um, Blake, a really individualistic culture, a a culture that says, um, it's all about, uh, it's all about you and what you can do. Um, and so when we see a passage like this, or we think in terms of that, I mean, even, you know, uh, we, we have a tendency, I think. Um, to, to think of it in, in isolation. This is something that I have to do. Um, and and, and what, what's the, what's, what do you see as a problem with that, with that thinking? Well, I think when, you know, when we look at that, you know, and some of the preacher, you know, we might listen to, I think, you know, if you want to kind of sum it up, it all comes down to like self-help, um, mm-hmm. like helping yourself. And I'll be honest, you know, Scripture's pretty clear. You know, we... Uh, when it comes to spiritual things, you know, without the Lord's help, we can't help ourselves. Well, it's funny you say that. I, you know, you hear people say sometimes that, oh, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. And, and uh, is it, I think it's a, a Mercy Me song. It actually has that those kind of like lyrics. And he's like, well, hold on. Well, explain to me what the cross is for, though, you know? Yeah. And so... And that's that's not in the Bible, by the way. No, it's not. People nah, people quote not. it and say the Bible says God helps those who help themselves, and I'm like show that to me because yeah. I'm pretty certain that, that the Bible doesn't say that. There's so many theological things wrong with that statement. <laughs> it's, you, I can't even begin to you know just to obliterate that. But right. when it comes to uh, when it comes to like helping, you know, there's a lot of times you're just not able to mm. if you just want to be quiet, especially when you've experienced some genuine hurt. And when people who have claimed the name of Christ, who have hurt you in ways that you would think would come from people who don't claim the name of Christ, and, you know, there's a little bit of that confusion, that hurt, that bitterness there, you need people to come alongside of you and help you. And that's a, I think Jeff was getting at yesterday, you know, that's what our goal is with the church. Right. So I think I think we have to open our open up our eyes to see that there are people hurting mm-hmm. and go to them. Yeah, and you know, empathize with them, sympathize with them. Talk about the time you've been hurt by the church, mm. and I mean, I think all four of us could probably, you know, allow, you know, we've been, you know, outside of our pastoral role, you know, we've probably been hurt by a lot of people within. Well, I didn't necessarily service. meant for it to be hurt by the church or at church. Yeah, uh, it was kind of a play on words that we have people that are hurt. And they're at church, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. So that I was kind of using a broad spectrum. Well, you, of, you yeah, no, you, you, you but mentioned because we have people that have dropped out of church because of some hurt. Then that shows us that somehow or another, 
they didn't get the help or someone wasn't there to, to guide them or help them. You know, when I was um, thinking about how to illustrate it, um, I was looking for videos and all. And of course, the most famous one is Derek Redman, who was an Olympic uh, sprinter mm-hmm. uh, that was going, to, he basically was going to win gold. Mm-hmm. You know, he, his hamstring pulled his, pulled his hamstring and he couldn't finish the race. And his dad comes out of the stands and his dad right. carries him across the finish line. Right. But, um, so I was looking at that, I was like, well, you know, that's, that's been shown and it'd be kind of hard to, to, to apply that to what I was trying to say. Cause then everybody said, well, that's, you know, that's the father. So mm-hmm. that he's alone now the father, so you and Jesus can do it. So when I saw the video about the girl mm-hmm. who was struggling and caught cross country and then, uh, I think the girl from Clemson was the first girl tried to help her right. out and then the other girl, then that was really, was like, well, that's the picture of what Paul's talking about here. Yeah. Getting her across the finish line, she couldn't get up. Right. There was no way that girl was going to get up. Yeah. She was not. She was going to lay there mm-hmm. until the race was over, and then they could go in and give her the fluids and stuff she needed. Right. And she was very so, close to the end of the race. Yes. Too, it wasn't that so far I, away. I heard just, so her that really was out. was the picture I think yeah. Paul's trying to, or uh, the writer of Hebrews, Paul, whoever, <laughs> using the athletic arena as the uh, context. Mm-hmm. Um, Show that that it was not this. These passages was not were not meant to be an individual. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It right. was. It was you. You've got to have somebody to help you right. if you're going to make it across the finish line. If you're going to get back in the race. If you're going to be healed. If you're going to, you know, get the spiritual therapy you need and all that other stuff. Yeah. So. You know, you said and and uh, to to go back to what I was going to say a minute ago. You you actually in your message gave some really good concrete examples of what you meant by when you're hurt at church because you said you gave some examples of perhaps a couple that's gone through a divorce they were both members of this church but now going to that church reminds them of of their time together mm-hmm. so and neither one of them feels like they can claim the, the the church family and so both of them just fall out of church or, or um, somebody or yeah yeah or um you have an instance where you've got a um a uh, you know maybe you're you were attending church and you're with your family and your your parent or your child dies or some someone who's close to you dies and now going to that church reminds you of that death reminds you of that pain that you felt or you know um it could be a, a personal slight that you received at that you know from from someone else maybe you got into a fight with a fellow church member or maybe you know <clears throat> you know maybe you work for some you know th- th- this happens too where in the in the actual outside the walls of the church kind of world, you you end up working for someone as the, as your boss. They have to let you go. Suddenly, you're you know that has nothing to do with what's going on at church. But now you feel like you can't go to that church anymore because someone that you uh, trusted or whatever is is there. You, you get the, you get the idea. And in all these instances, um, the, and, and just to be clear, they, I wasn't just saying this happened at Rosa Sharon. No, it happened, and that's why I, you know get my whole history of my time at church because right. this has happened through all the many years I've been in ministry. <laughs> However, there were people you know in the audience that have or know people that have similar situations that some of them could probably even happen here at Rosa Sharon. Yeah, so I mean, and the thing so is... I wasn't trying to single anybody out or anything. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't see that. I mean, no, I, I, I didn't take that at all. I, I think what you were describing were very universal experiences. Yes, that happens everywhere. That happened to just yes. about anybody everywhere. You have a, a church and you got people... Well, 
these are going to happen. Right, right. Well, but here's here's the thing, Jeremiah. Like when when that happens, let's let's use the example of somebody who's you know gone through a divorce or something. Um, I uh, you know they, they go through something bad like that, um, or they have an instance where you know they they're they're isolated because, or they feel isolated from that family that they've they've. They've been with. Let's say this is a couple that's been at the same church for twenty plus years, right? They've not gone anywhere else. This is their this is their local body of believers that they have covenanted together with, and suddenly something happens in their relationship outside, you know, outside of the walls of the church. Uh, but it happens that that they're no longer together. Clearly, uh, again, you. You don't want that one person to have to try and figure it out for themselves, but now they've been cut off from from the from from strength. How do you handle that? I mean, like the 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 the, the problem there becomes, um, you know, you've one or the other of them is going to feel cut off from from that body of believers. Now, I know it shouldn't be that way. I, I, I think that's what you would say is that you you would hope that it wouldn't be that way. That both of them could even figure out a way to attend the same church but i i don't know that practically speaking that's that's doable yeah uh i mean we are supposed to be a people of reconciliation and um if if that own couple can't reconcile right and so they choose to divorce it's possible that the church and those two individuals couldn't reconcile yeah um, not not that it was the church's fault, or right. it's just that reconciliation takes a, a tremendous amount of repentance and uh, love, mm-hmm. and unconditional love. Um, so it, I mean that's just a a tough situation. But I think, uh, and I told my students this, I think we just need to do a better job at promoting the church universal, mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to promoting the, our individual the local churches. Church, yeah, yeah. Meaning that if you could come alongside that couple and maybe one stays, one goes, but that doesn't mean you can't go alongside them, help them find a new congregation. And yeah. I told my students that. I said even uh, like well, if, I even mentioned in the sermon like if somebody yeah. leaves, I want them to go to another church where they can yeah. grow and all that. Right. Like, instead of you, just dropping out. If you got a friend in the youth group or whatever, right. and they're just not happy here, it's not going to offend me if you go to there to go help them find a church. Right, that's not going to hurt me. I want them in church. I want them having that fellowship with believers, and that's more important to me than reconciliation between our relationships. I want them to have reconciliation with God. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me well, I was, I was kind of done, but yeah, it's just just love, unconditional love, reconciliation. It's it's more complicated. You get into the weeds of things. It, it it is complicated, but but the overall principles of love and reconciliation should be our priority. Yeah, and see, I think that that fault that that um, emphasis on the local church as opposed to the church universal leads to some other really unintended bad consequences. In fact, I was talking to my daughters about this yesterday after, after uh, I was talking to, well, I think I was talking to Hope um, about this af- after a sermon yesterday. We were uh, discussing some things, uh, you know, in, in relation to that. And, um, and, I, and we were talking about, um, I think because it came up in your, in your life group discussion, Jeremiah, on 
on ex-evangelicals, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this this notion of people who are leaving the church, and all, often it's because of some incident that happened that where they got hurt in the church, or or and I I know of one instance in particular where um, a, a former student of mine left the church because um, or left left a, a, a local body of believers and then left the church as a whole because of one instance where she was betrayed by a local body of believers. And I, and I thought about it, and, and, and I, I drew this analogy, and I said, no, I can't think of anywhere else where people judge a whole institution based on one instance. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening a lot of times in these cases is just that, that they'll have a bad, a bad experience at a church, whether that's from you know personal betrayal or whether that's just you know divorce or whatever they'll have a bad experience at a church and then they decide that church universal is all the same and they all yeah it would be the here, here's the analogy i drew nobody you know let's say you go to the same mcdonald's all the time <laughs> that's what right? came up in my mind the yeah. same the same <laughs> you go to the same mcdonald's on the same street you know week after week right you really like this mcdonald's you like their food, and you like other McDonald's too. This one McDonald's is your favorite McDonald's. So you go there all the time. And you have a bad customer experience, right? Um, you know, one day you have this really bad customer experience. They get your food wrong, and they, you know, they... They, they actually um, tore that McDonald's down, but they're building a new one. <laughs> right. so, so they get your food wrong, and, 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 and the food just doesn't taste good. And so you decide, the, the equivalent here would be you decide... I'm done with McDonald's. I'm done with all McDonald's now because of one instance that happened at this local one. Not only that, but I'm going to go around and tell everybody that McDonald's food is toxic. That it's bad for you. All because of one bad customer experience. That doesn't happen. Most people look at that and go, oh, well, that was just one bad experience that I had at this McDonald's. But that doesn't mean that every McDonald's is bad. But just the opposite happens, though, with churches. Mm. It seems to me that what ends up happening is just that experience, that you have one bad experience at a church, and then these, especially these younger people, are saying church is toxic. Like what they're teaching in churches is toxic. It's, it's, it's bad for you. All because they had one bad experience. And, I, and, and, and often the bad experience had nothing to do with Jesus. It just had to do with people, broken people, you know. Um, so I... Does that make sense? I mean, no. To, I, you know, go ahead. No, I like I like the analogy you were saying because I I can't think of anything else where people just quit something just altogether. You know, I mean, I mean, it, I can't I, even if you're like if you have a bad experience on one airline. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean you quit flying. Doesn't you know, mean you quit flying. You might right? stop on that airline, but you know, if you got to fly, you got to fly. You know what I'm saying? So right, I mean, people right. keep flying. So, I mean, I don't. I can't think of anything else too that. Well, I mean, we're, but we're, you know, part of this. But it is crazy how people, oh, just for church, it kind of is like, you know, yeah, a little and, bit and odd. Yeah, I, I think some of it too is we're getting to the point in our culture, though, where, where this institutional judgment is kind of happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of, um, you know, people, people go, well, I mean, whatever you think about Disney, right? Mm-hmm. There have been tons of times where, where people try to boycott Disney. Um, you know, and, and, and they go, well, Disney is teaching this, so all Disney is bad, right? So, and, and that happens. Um, or, you know, I don't like this one particular 
movie that Disney shows, and so I'm going to ban every, everything that Disney's ever done is bad all of a sudden. And you go, well, maybe not everything is. You know, I agree that I don't really like what they did here, but I don't know that that means that everything they've done is bad. Um, but we're starting to get to this notion where we live in this culture that cancels everything wholesale. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it shouldn't come as a surprise to us that, that some of these same people are doing the same thing with the church, I guess. You know, um, but it, it, it's sad, um, and and I I especially see it, unfortunately, in in our younger our younger people. Um, and I don't know, is it because they're looking for a looking for a source of toxicity, and and so they just blame whatever is is. Is where they get their eyes, they put their eyes on people and their circumstances. Where clearly, you know, when you look at the whole context of this this chapter, you know, right off the gate, he says, "You're in this arena, but focus on Christ." Yeah, put fix your eyes on Jesus. So, so I think when hurt and everything comes is is because we have our eyes on people or our circumstances. Something happened. It reminds me of hurt, and now I'm hurt. But then there's nobody, nobody. Maybe they. Maybe somebody tried to reach out to them, or maybe they were ineffective, or maybe they just tried to give them the pep talk, like you need to get over it, right? Or you know, and so it was just it was just not handled properly, mm. and so they felt like, well, why go to another church if if I'm gonna get hurt again? Yeah, it's like people that like in relationships or people that got divorced or they're like, I'm not gonna get married again because you know. Why do that? Why put myself where I'm going to get hurt again? I think that's probably what's going on more than anything else. Is is I'm not going to put myself in a position again where this is going to happen to me again. Yeah, kind of like and some so, trust issues. So then they just check out. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, if if you know these people and then you can actually talk to them and build a relationship with them. You're not trying to really win them back to the church. You're trying to win them back to Christ. That's and then the thing, right? you say, yeah. well, listen, I know this is what happened to you, but have you ever thought about this? What would have happened if somebody else would have came in and you had like a good godly Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. or a deacon or a friend in that church that would say, hey, I know you're going through this. And, you know, and even if it was a bad reminder um, to say, hey, look, let's go find you a church or let's go find another local body. We can still participate and still belong where now you don't have these feelings and all and so that's the maturity part of it sure and so that's what's missing um and the people that uh uh, claim to be spiritual uh, sometimes they're the most toxic toxic because they handle it the wrong way and i use the example you know what happened to me and and you know and i use paul's scripture where he talked about you know you you need to go uh, if you see somebody in a sin or something happen to them, you, if you're spiritual, go walk with them, talk with them, right. work with them, do everything you need to do. And I think, say, if, when I got hurt, if I'd have just said, look, you got me in this this brace. I don't want this brace. I don't want to go through all this, uh, you know, tedious, you know, bend your knee a certain degree. I want to walk now. Mm-hmm. And if I can't walk now, then it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what people... When you look at the what we need to do helping people get through hurt, it's it's a process that's going to take time. And yeah. some people may never ever ever get over the hurt, but they can see they can see now that I don't have to live with this hurt. I can now give this hurt over to Christ, and now I can move on with my life. And then now I can use my experience to help that other person that's going through the same thing I went through and help them help them out. So that's the whole purpose and point of it, right? To begin with, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the, that whole first point that you, that you had is that we need to help the hurting to return to the race. And so that assumes a couple of things. One, it assumes we're talking about Christians. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't return to something you've not begun. So, uh, so we're, we're clearly talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, these, are, these are people who have at one point or another surrendered their life to Christ, have been, are members of the Church Universal, and for whatever reason have decided, I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I, don't, I don't want to run anymore. I'm, um, I think in the case of what we read about in Hebrews, it appears as though, um, Jeremiah, you might want to talk about this, it appears to me that um, he's talking a very much about people who are being persecuted, um, like like the and you mentioned it, like yeah, the, 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 the Jew, right? Because they're they're being persecuted in two from two fronts. I mean, you get the Roman government who's who's persecuting Christians, but then also you've got the Jewish people who are you know the Jews are saying no, Christians are bad too, and so both of them are are persecuting the church, and so it's very tempting at that time in the early, in the early days of the church just to say no. Nah, I don't want to yell it. I don't want to run this race anymore, Jeremiah. Um, I'm done with this. Um, and so, for someone who's being persecuted, or uh, for whatever reason, it, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's hard to when you've been knocked down. It's hard to get back up and get back into that race. It really is. It, yeah. It's difficult, um, and especially if you know the 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 the. the the pain or whatever it is that's caused you to step out of the race is because of the race itself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, like in the case of being persecuted, it's the very race itself that's causing you. Um, it, it, that, that's the source of your of, of your uh, you know uh, discomfort or or pain or suffering. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, this kind of goes back to the whole team or. or community aspect as opposed to the individual so if you're going to apply this to team sports as opposed to individual sports Uh um, there's kind of two types of people that i can kind of see on that 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 make a good team or that are on teams Mm -hmm. right there's the person who's on the team who likes to rely on the team who likes to be a good team player but also likes likes the accountability and likes the support of being on a team. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's people who who are individuals on teams who like to blame the team. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no. a difference. Cuz uh and that's one of the things I I did I did two I did one team sport kind of in high school and two individual sports. And the thing I hated about uh some of my teammates is like they didn't because I, I don't think they played individual sports. Some of my teammates, like football team, for instance, they would play football, they would play basketball, but they never played individual sports. Mm-hmm. But they were individuals mm-hmm. who I think might have excelled as an individual, but they just instead of feeling like they were a part of a bigger thing, they would just blame the team. They would yeah. they would have excuses already made up. If we lose, it's because this guy did this. It's, if we lose, you know, you you know what people I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah. When you play the individual sport, you got no one to rely on. Right. And, and like I was a wrestler, and uh, it's just so humiliating to be like that dude just beat me. There's nothing I can blame. You can't look at that. Okay. You can't look at a teammate and go, "It's your fault." And you can, <laughs> if you had blocked for me, I could have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should have tapped out. That's why you do tag team wrestling, yeah. Jeremiah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you might can blame your coach or your training, right? Well, that's or like the guy. Let's say one guy excels, but everybody else loses. Like I could be the state champion and all, but our team stinks because everybody else is a bunch of losers. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's I think that happens because as an individual, the only people you can blame is the coach, and I say the coach is God, right? Right. And so, like, as an individual, if you're struggling, if it's hard, and you're not willing to rely on the team and mm-hmm. be subject to discipline slash discipleship uh, and repentance, then you just end up blaming blaming God, blaming mm-hmm. the institution, blaming the church. Right. Because you have those athletes that are like, I know I'm, pl- I'm applying this way too much to sports, but those athletes are like, man, that tournament just, they, they had the wrong rules or the ref stunk. Or, mm-hmm. You can blame a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but don't be that teammate that that's that's when you're going through the persecution, when you're all going through it together, that's like blaming other people. Mm. You want to be the teammate that's relying on the team, that mm. that's just a good teammate that's doing your job, trying to do it well, but also understanding that you have blind spots and you have areas where you need help. The linemen cannot play quarterback. I've seen many try, yeah. and it's ugly. Um, and the quarterback cannot play linemen. I mean, the kicker can't play anything except for kicker. Um, And so it's like, I mean, we're a team. And when you're going through persecution, the team aspect is so important. You know, I like like the analogy. The analogy obviously works there. Um, I wonder, to to use that same analogy, you see so many people now um, that when, whenever... You know, a teammate hurts me or has hurt my ability to perform or I feel like they're hurting my ability to perform or they're taking away from the, the experience I expect to have as a part of this team, then my inclination is just to jet the team. I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm hopping the next the next bus onto some other team because this team doesn't please me any longer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're seeing that kind of play out in our culture as, as well. Right. I mean, it's it's that same sort of mindset that um, uh, you know. It, it goes back to what we talked about before. I think that commitment is a word that's lost its meaning in our culture to some degree. And when we're talking about team sports, it's all about commitment. It's it's all about committing to a team and saying, "I'm going to be with this team. I'm going to hang with this team." And uh, you know, and and uh, you know, that, that's not to say anything about. Players who transfer and stuff, I get that. I understand that. I think they should be able to and all. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying that this idea of easy quitism, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to quit, um, you know, just or, or you know, rage quitting um, just because things aren't going well. That that translates, I think, well into into the discussion we're talking about well, about people getting hurt in the church. That just brought to mind too. Uh, some people do, you know, they don't all just drop out of church. But what they'll do is, well, I got hurt of that church. I'm going to go to another church. Mm-hmm. But if they never dealt with the, um, and that's, that's going to be the next one we talk about. If they never really dealt with the hurt and worked their way through it, all they're going to do is go to another church then. And they're going to bring all that hurt. Yeah. And then the first trigger that happens the first bad business meeting or something, then are like, okay, it's not me, and now I'm going to go to another one, and they (laughs) hop around. Right. And, you know, uh, so they never really dealt with, and I think the whole point of here is if if it is discipline, 
you go through the process, you figure out what God's trying to help you be better through 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 what you're going through. Uh, don't blame anybody, just get through it, but then have a team around you, accountability partners and people that you love and care about you and that are giving you good spiritual advice and guidance, then you make it, make it through. <clears throat> and I think that's that's what's lacking in the church today in a, in a lot of respect. Let, let, let's um let's move this to a, kind of a practical area. Um, it, 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 to use the team team analogy again, it's one thing to say, um, you know, I get injured playing, right? Or I or or literally, you know, something bad happens while I'm at church. It's you know, you know, a, a life event, a bad life event happens while I'm at church. That's that's one thing because I can still come to my teammates, my my, my fellow Christians, my, my fellow congregates, and say, "Hey." Um, I need support. I need help with this. And they're not the source of my pain. So it's easy for me to come to them. But what, what, do, we, what do you do when someone you trust um, betrays that trust? Like, you know, it, it really hurts you in, in, in a big way. And I'm not saying this has happened to me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm using hypotheticals here because I think this does happen. And so the very people that would normally be the support system are are the ones that did. Is it is it wise in that case? I guess this is what I'm asking, guys. Hmm. Is it wiser in that case for someone to step away? Going back to what you were saying earlier, Jeremiah, about you know, church is all about reconciliation. But what if reconciliation can't happen? What if what if it's it's to the point that I I just I can't trust those individuals or that individual any longer. And so it's hard for me to worship with them and share my life with them because part of what I'm doing when I come to a, a body, a local body of believers, is I'm inviting accountability and 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 I don't and vulnerability and vulnerability. I'm sharing my life with you, and if I don't feel like I can trust you, then and you can't grow. Yeah, like so. Is there a point in time, guys? I guess what I'm asking is. I don't want to. I don't want to endorse easy quitism. Okay, but at the same time, is there a point in time? Do you think that it's wise for someone to say, "I need to go somewhere else. I need to change. I need to, for lack of a better term, divorce myself from this local body of believers to to go to another another place because I just cannot grow here uh, because of uh, because of a instance of betrayal or an instance of personal hurt what do you what do you guys think i mean i think that's a very practical question that sort of is in the context of what we're talking about today i think there comes a point i obviously like you said i'm i think none of us are affirmers of like easy quitism mm-hmm. um i think they're in some really like extreme scenarios though i think there is some uh leeway kind of some experiences where it might be best to you know we're called to be at peace with everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to be at peace means you just kind of go your separate ways. Um, I, you know, it's not really from body belief, but you know, whenever a Paul and Mark had their disagreement, mm-hmm. you know, their way of peace was Mark went his way. Paul went his way. They, yeah. they still did the mission. They just there for a little bit. They couldn't, couldn't really work with each other, right. but at the end of Second Timothy, Paul's like, "Hey, you know, bring back Mark. He's useful for right. me in the ministry." So I think sometimes it is good to maybe step away, but not not step away from the faith, if you will. But um, you know, 
take a you know take a break from that body see you know see some other options and um, yeah. try to live at peace and get a new fresh beginning in some in some extreme scenario if you've tried to if you've tried to reconcile you guys agree disagree I'm, I'm curious. yeah I think uh, there's some clear teachings in scripture when you should walk away and some of those are uh, you feel led to leave uh, whether it be because of mission or uh, calling uh, or giftedness like I'm not using my gifts here maybe mm-hmm. I could use them better over there uh, whether it be over across the seas or just across town um, and then another another reason you should leave is if I'm trying to put all my thoughts in my head uh, here make it simple but I can't um, but another reason you should leave is if the church is promoting the church or individuals or people mm-hmm. and they're not promoting Christ. Mm-hmm. And so essentially you can quit. I think when we talk about easy quitism, you could quit pretty easy on people. Just mm-hmm. don't quit Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't walk and that's that's what you were getting back with earlier. Like we see a lot of people walk away from the local church, which means they walk away from church altogether, which means to us, you're also walking away from Jesus. Right. And uh, and I think there's times when you should you should quit, at least for a season, on certain people or maybe a congregation of people because they're not promote. They may not be promoting Christ. You've done everything you can to reconcile. You've repented of of things that maybe you didn't even believe you did, but right. you're at least willing to reflect. You've done everything you could to reconcile, but they, these people were just irreconcilable because they're. And and I'll just I'll just tell you straight up if if you if you're at a church that doesn't teach preach the Bible and teach preach Jesus, you should leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So just uh, you always want to promote. Uh, you don't want people to promote individuals, but to promote right. uh, Jesus and it be about Jesus. And so don't quit. I guess that's the best practical thing we could probably say is just don't quit on Jesus. Yeah, I don't think, don't give up on him because uh, of a situation or a scenario that where you were hurt, um, and so that's why I think the church should be the biggest promoters of Jesus. Right. Um, no, I, 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 in fact, when uh, the instance I was talking about earlier with the with the former student I had, there was the very advice I I, I gave that person was, look, I I know it's it's it's. It's upsetting to hear what happened to you at this church, but understand that's not Jesus, right? That's so. Don't give up on him just because um, you're hurt here doesn't mean that like that was him hurting you. Because what 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 was being said over and over was, "I'm done with the church. I'm done with. I'm, I'm the best thing that ever happened to me was leaving the church and stuff like that." I'm like. So does that mean you got nothing, you know, from <laughs> so, and and I had a very frank discussion with this person about that. Um, so yeah, it was the same sort of thing. I just didn't want them to leave Jesus, right? I yeah. look if you've got a problem with with that individual church, okay, fine, it's irreconcilable, whatever, fine. But don't let that take you away from Christ, because that's what's more important here. Um, and yeah, and to get back to. 
it all boils down to what is your reasoning and motivation to make a move. Less because in your right. your scenario was like right. if the, I got hurt in I the want, church, yeah because I did want to get your so, opinion on yeah. that question. So now let's say um, there's a divorce and maybe it was like a messy thing and now both these people are in the congregation and uh, uh, and so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And so, so the point is if the if the people are believers and they are trying to do the right thing, or let's say one is and one isn't. And let's say the one that isn't decides this is my church I'm staying, but the one that does want to do the right thing says, "Well, I can't, I can't stay here." Right. Uh, and so I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had actual people that in similar situations that actually did go through something similar to that, where they didn't stay, mm-hmm. or even they came to Rosa Sharon because they left. A situation like that, right? And they said it was the best thing they did because they were able to grow <clears throat> spiritually, right? Whereas before they would have just like, "This is my church too. I'm going to fight you," and then they're going to stay. It's just the tension and everything. Yeah. Well, that's not good for anybody, right? Um, so, so if the reasoning and the motivation is for your own spiritual growth and well being, mm-hmm. that's that's really the only reason why you should go to another church. Mm. Um, for for you to be the person God's called you to be, uh, to become a full, mature, you know, serving person. Right. But if it's like I got mad, or you know, this is their church. I'm going. I'm going to go find me a church. And so, if you bring in all that baggage with you, mm-hmm. and you never really addressed it, then you're not. You're not going to make it. Uh, you're just going to. It's going to be another crisis or another problem. Right. Um, and we've had people leave Rosa Sharon that's come back to Rosa Sharon that right. left for whatever reasons. Yeah. So it, it all boils down to maturity, discipline, trying to seek God's will. Uh, but a lot of times in the heat of the moment, I just need to, I need to just get out of here. I need to go. Right. And I would rather you go and find another church body, stay with them, you know, stay, stay connected as opposed to just avoid and never come back. Right. And I think the problem is the people that left and never come back or never never decided, hey, I'm going to you know, work the problem out. Because, again, their eyes were on people, their eyes were on circumstance, their eyes was on the thing that caused my pain, but they took their eyes off Christ. Right. Yeah. And our job, really, all of our jobs as Christians is to keep pointing people back to Christ. And that gets to that second point of your sermon in some ways, Jeff, that that, mm-hmm. that idea that we need to help by removing obstacles from, mm-hmm. from hurting people's paths. Um, and anything, I would say that anything that stands in the path of someone between them and Jesus, that's an obstacle, mm-hmm. right? And that's something we need to remove. If, if, if I... So then, does that mean if um, using your example from from like a divorce or something, um, if I see myself as an obstacle to someone's path, should I remove myself from? Yeah, that? let's say if you're the more mature one, you go, look, I know my my wife grew up in this church, and she's got family connection, friends. I'm kind of the outsider that came in, even though I love it, enjoy it, mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of her spiritual growth. In mind, if you're the mature one, yeah, you know, uh, which is kind of hard to think of somebody that mature getting a divorce, but <laughs> let's just say it happens and no, they can't yeah, reconcile, can right? Yeah, or let's just okay, let's say the guy, uh, you're married, 
and your wife dies. Right. For, let's say she commits suicide. Mm-hmm. Tragic. And now, right. and her whole family, you got married there and everything. And so you're sitting there and you're like, you're the reminder now right. to the in-laws. You're the one that's like, maybe they're blaming you. Right. And you had nothing to do with it. It was just a case of right. it happened. Now you're in this terrible situation. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Right. And so you then is, hey, I don't want to really be a stumbling block to these people. Right. So it'd probably be better for me to, mm-hmm. to leave. Or maybe you're having those feelings and the, and the family says, no, we want you to stay. We're not, we're, we don't have those thoughts about you. We, we, we love you and we, you know, you're not a bad reminder and all that. So the whole process is that, that I think the avoidance aspect of it, yes, where people never sit down and talk and work their way through the problems, that's where the stumbling block comes in, where the people actually become the stumbling blocks. Yeah. And um, so, again, it's a process. Like I said, I wanted to be able to go play golf the, the day after I got hurt, but that's not <laughs> what happened, and I may not be able to play golf again. I don't know. But... I, I can't do it now, but I may be able to do it in the future. And see, the doctor's like, yeah, you're going to be able to do this. And he's telling me all this stuff the first visit. And right. I'm in my mind, I couldn't comprehend that. Like, you couldn't you're mean I'm going to walk yeah. and I'm going to be able to do all this stuff? It's like, I, this, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But, but he knew the process. And see, that's the thing about Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, the one that went through all this stuff for us, that when we put our eyes on him and we realize he can, he endured, now I can endure because now I'm putting my focus on, on the bigger picture. And um, it's really about maturity. I mean, really when it boils down to it. And it's all of us are immature in some ways. Right. And so it just takes... And I think part of the problem the church we talked about earlier, you want accountability and vulnerability, but mm-hmm. sometimes the church is the worst place in the world to try to get accountability and vulnerability. That's because true. once you say something or you want you kind of say, hey, this is a struggle, all of a sudden, boom, you get the condemnation, you get the, the strange looks, you get the avoidance, like, oh, we can't put that person on this committee. And all, you know, <laughs> right, you're right. like, come on, people, what's right. going on here? It's yeah. not supposed to be about that. And so then all of a sudden we cocoon in church yeah. and we're sitting there hurting. We can't make it to the finish line and everybody's just running right by us. Yeah, yeah. Running right by us. Nobody's, nobody's offering to help. Well, let me talk a little bit about the practical end of helping someone. Because, um, uh, you know, um, I think this is a this is an interesting discussion to get into as well. And al- although this wasn't in the second point, it, this, you use this verse in the third point, Jeff. But the verse that comes from Galatians six one, it's where Paul oh, yeah, says, the, "Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself." One of the things that I find. Um, uh, I've, I've talked with guys who do men's ministry and stuff, and we've talked about it before that you can't, if you've got a guy and he's in a pit, right, and he, he's in the quicksand, um, you can't just go and look at that guy and go, man, looks like you're in some, looks like you're in a pit. <laughs> you know, looks like you, uh, uh, you're in some really bad quicksand there, buddy. Um, uh, you know, there's a rope right there. If you grab it, you could probably grab that rope. If you know, you just sitting there yelling at the guy and telling him all the, all that's wrong with him, telling him everything he already knows, right? No, what what's helpful is is if you get down there and wade into that stuff, right, mm-hmm. and reach your hand down and try to pull him back up. Um, and and 
the the danger in that though is is not falling into it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think there's this sort of um, do do you guys think that there's a a, a a way to do that? So is you know I think about guys who, for instance, struggle with pornography, right, um, or or something like that, um, and they they clearly they need help. That this is an obstacle that's keeping them from being from running their race, Jeff. It's keeping them. It's keeping them disabled and keeping them um, out of the race um, for whatever reason. And this isn't just. There's that's an issue that that let's just be frank is is, is a widespread issue in the church, especially among among men's ministry and stuff. Um, and uh, you you want to not just look at the guy and judge him, right? You want to try to help him out, but you've got to be careful how much you weigh into all that. Does that make sense? Um, uh, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I remember, a, I want to say about a year or two ago, I had a guy come to me with a that same struggle, you know, with mm-hmm. the, with um, pornography, and um, you know, talking about talking about things like that, you know, you do have to have some safeguards for yourself so that you don't fall into that same that same. Uh, same thing, you know. You got to make sure you're feeding yourself through the word, and you're, mm-hmm. um, cause something like that. You know, if you're thinking about that, you know, trying to help him through that, you know, it's very easy to get tempted into thinking about his sins and other sins, what all that entails. You know, just mm-hmm. to not get into details, but with the uh, with that, I mean, you do have to finding the truth and grace is hard without not stumbling into that. You know, but yeah. you gotta if you're not mature in that area, I think it's very probably wise to say hey let me find you somebody who is that's a, I think that's really and good advice Blake. there's because there's some things I know me personally if somebody comes to advice on I'm going to be like you know I let me find you somebody else you know for example one of my um, roommates is mm-hmm. uh, he asked me to do his wedding and I'm like sure I can do that but I'm not going to do your premarital why because I'm not married I'm not the best person to Right. Do advice on with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple, you know, I recommend doing it from your church. You know, I think that's the best place to do it at because I'm just, I'm just not going to be a great benefit to you mm-hmm. because, I mean, I could, you know, point out some basic things in Scripture, but, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have the experience to kind of help you out with that, you know. Yeah. And so when it come back to that, uh, what we were talking about there, I think you've got to be – you know, when you're helping somebody, you got to make sure that you're able to help. You know, you got to make sure that you're mature enough to help them, right. and that you've got some safeguards with them. Because if not, then I think, I think you're not only doing the other person a favor, but you're doing yourself a very bad favor. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I like I like everything you just said, Jeremiah. If if, if just looking at it from a practical standpoint, because um, the, the 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 easy thing to do to somebody who's hurting, who's been hurt by the church, or or it hurt while at church, or struggling with temptation, or whatever, is just to point out the obvious to them, yeah. right? You know, and 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 to yell at them and say, "Get up!" You know, because <laughs> it's like, "What's wrong with you?" Um, there's a racer running here. Come on, get up! Get your eyes back on Jesus. Come on, go, right? Yeah. Or or you know, well, your problem is you fell down. <laughs> your problem is, you know, you your problem is that rock that you just tripped on there. You see, if you've been looking, you wouldn't have tripped on that rock, and you wouldn't be on the ground. Um, you know, just don't don't trip on any more rocks. That's easy to do, right? Yeah. 
But what's the more, what are practical steps we can take? What, what, how should we approach somebody who has been sidelined because of whether it's tripping on a rock, you know, quotation marks, you know, where that's sin or, or they're in a pit or whatever. What are, what are the practical ways other than just tell, speaking the obvious, which they already know they're broken, right? Mm-hmm. They're hurt. Um, how, what do you do? Yeah, I think far too often we run to the quick fix. And that's when what you're yelling, like, dude, there's a rope right here. Just climb out. Mm-hmm. There's a ladder over there. Just climb out. We we try to suggest all the quick fixes. Like the 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 thing that you could fix today. You fix that, you're gonna you're out you're out of the pit and you're good. Mm-hmm. But not realizing that like like especially with addiction, sins that are tied to addiction, which is like pornography and other other addictions, alcohol uh, abuse, and those types of things. Um, I mean, they didn't get in that pit in a day. They're not going to get out of that pit in a day. Uh, and so, I think in general, the church just needs to be more patient with people. Mm. I, I think, I, just looking in my life, I know how long it it takes God to to free me of something. And so, and I know it's not a day, a week, especially something you struggle with your whole life. So, or may have struggled with your whole life. I don't know. But uh, just be patient. And I think in general, uh, the, the general overarching thing that I keep seeing all throughout the New Testament that applies to the church is, is, is the golden rule. I mean, it's that simple. The yeah. golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. Mm. And in general... Especially dudes, we don't have empathy, which is basically what that is. Being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Being able to say, man, if I was struggling with that, try, try to feel what they're feeling so that you can help them long term. Not not the short, quick, band-aid fixes. Uh, I, 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 I always th- think about my kids when I think about this stuff. They, they, they get a little boo-boo. And they, they got a scratch or, or like my, my daughter, she still doesn't understand that you can't, like she bumps her toe, there's no bleeding, I can't fix it with a Band-Aid. A Band-Aid's gonna be absolutely <laughs> pointless. Right. And I think that's what we try to do. We we don't wanna go alongside someone for a long period of time. We, mm. wanna, we wanna fix them and get out of their life. Right. Instead of, we're in this together, we're in this for the long haul, I want to help you. Maybe you shouldn't uh, serve right now while we're working through through these things. But at the same time, I don't want to alienate you and not feel like you're not still a part of my family, a part of a part of our church. Uh, but the golden rule, you know, is do unto others as you would have them do. And then Philippians one, which says have or Philippians two, have the same mind as Christ. Right. Put others' needs before yourself. I just, we just don't do that. Yeah. I think we're so individualistic. Yeah. We don't do that. And the people who do do it, I feel like I'm decent at that, putting other people's needs before myself. Uh, but I feel like a lot of times I just get walked on. Yeah. It's just like I'm always putting myself out there and trying to help and trying to humble myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I'm an easy person to get walked on. And that's okay. I, Jesus got walked on. I right. Mean, he's the greatest example of humility. Yeah. Have have the same mind as him. I I don't know. We just need to be 
the most practical thing we can teach the church is to love each other. And I know that's so cliche. Yeah. But loving each other means putting people's needs before yourself. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to say on that. One is, um, I think you're right. I think it takes, and you said this yesterday, Jeff. I think it takes time. And I think what we're too often, too often what we're guilty of is we try to treat the symptom instead of treating the problem. So in the case of the guy who's in a quicksand pit, we look at him and go, hey, here's some soap and water that'll get some of that dirt off of you, right? And, and, and we think, oh, okay, now that, we, now, that he's, now that he's cleaned up a little bit, he's better. No, he's still in a pit. <laughs> and and, it's, and it's, gonna, it's gonna take time, and it's gonna take effort. And Jeff, here's, here's the other thing I wanna get at. It's gonna take me sacrificing my own race sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not my own race, but I gotta slow down where I'm at if I'm gonna help somebody else out. Mm-hmm. I think about that that example, the video that you mentioned earlier with the the runner, um, the the young woman who's running cross country, her legs give out, and so um, right towards the end of the race, you have Clem, a girl from Clemson who comes to try to pick her up. That girl from Clemson is not winning her race. She's not gonna, she's not going to win that race now. Well, she gave up her time. She gave up her and time her position, and her position, as well as the girl from and then the girl Louisville. from Louisville comes over and does the same thing. You know, they're giving up their time and position to help this girl who actually was ahead of them in the race yes. at the time. Oh, yeah. She was well ahead she of them. She's probably the one race. of the leaders. I don't know the full context of the whole story. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't either. Um, uh, somebody said that, uh, I think it was Autumn was telling me, did, did you guys talk about that clip? In, yeah, in, in, we've, we, because uh, we had some students, we did sermon-based for live groups yesterday, but we had like Tori and Jada were helping the kids so they did we started talking about the video and they were like oh we didn't get to see the video so we pulled it up and what we pulled up was an interview from the girl who got helped okay and what we found out was i was going to share this with you guys what we found out was one of the girls and i think it was the first one it was the last race of her senior year oh wow her last race ever the the girl who wow. her. one of the girls who helped her. Wow. I think that it was the first one. more powerful and, and the girl, illustration. So you get the you could find the interview with the with the girl who was helped. She right. was she was talking about the other girls. Uh, so you got her perspective of what happened, and and she found she knew that one of the other girls it was her last race ever. Wow. So she sacrificed maybe a personal best, personal record that last. Finish, but uh, from her perspective, she now says, "Well, that's obviously the one race I'm going to remember mm-hmm. for the rest of my life." Right. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, it, I mean, the story there is even even greater, especially because I wanted to show them. Look, there's all these other girls running right by, mm-hmm. and I think there's some coaches who would applaud that. Be yes, like, dude. Yeah, that's that's what I trained you to do. You run right past those people. Right. <laughs> we right. got a better place. Right. But then there's, you know, the individual who she put someone else's needs before her own. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she just, she cared about someone else. And it's so simple. Like, we look at it and we're like so impressed with it. And I'm like, dude, that was the duh. Duh, you help her. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's very simple to do that. Yeah. But it looks so crazy because no one does it. Yeah. 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 But, But no one does it. Because everybody's so focused on their own yep. race, and that's what I was getting at, Jeff. I think, I think if we're going to help people who are hurt to recover fully, to remove those obstacles, to get back into the race, it, it necessarily means that I've got to step out of my my own rhythm. I've got to. It's going to take time away from me. It's going. I'm going to have to sacrifice something 
in order to help those those injured people. Yeah, and that's part of the problem we have to deal with because, first of all, if someone's hurt and you know about it, and if they came to you or you're approaching them, uh, we do have to show grace because if if they are Christians, they're probably already beating themselves up. Mm-hmm. If it's sin, they're already guilty about it. So you don't have to add more guilt to their sin. <laughs> um, but what they really need is grace. And then the, what they need is honesty. And so the part of the talking process is finding out where they're at and then expressing some 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 ways that, that you're in a similar situation or you've been through something they've been through. Mm-hmm. And that, that if they're willing, you're willing to walk with them and help them to get yeah. to where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, then that puts puts the onus back on that person. I mean, that girl literally could have said, no, you guys go finish your race. She could have fought them off. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, she could have <laughs> yeah, she was, she was pretty much dehydrated. Well, I mean, her top half, she could have But let's just say she did. Like, she said, no, no, y'all, you go ahead, go ahead. Right. Which, that's what, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. They're hurting. They need the help. Mm-hmm. You offer the help. Mm-hmm. You you say you call me, text me, let me know. We'll come. Right. We'll give you spiritual advice. We'll pray. We'll do all this stuff. And they go no. Then you're at the point where what are you going to do now? Right. Uh, maybe make one more offer to try to help them because there are some people they that do relish the hurt. Yeah. And you can spend time and time and prayer and. I mean, you can pour into, you can do study, you can do everything you do. And if the person then, you know, they're just, they would just rather just sit there. Yeah. Then, so you have to have discernment and all, but I think you have to be a, you have to, you have to uh, be willing to help. Yeah. You have to be willing to show grace and you have to think about your, like what Jeremiah was saying, if this was me and I was going through this, how would I want someone to approach me? Or if this was a member of my family, right? You know that 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 they're struggling with something. How would I want the pastor or the yeah. person to to be with them? And so, so you have to offer, you have to uh, help, um, you have to refer, mm-hmm. because like Blake was saying, sometimes it's bigger than us. We can offer the spiritual. Uh, advice and guide us but then we got to refer them to where they need to yeah, go yeah. to get the real deep help they need yeah um and then we have to let them go if, if they're if they're saying look you know i got hurt here and i just can't i mean i can't make it here mm-hmm. it's, it's just too painful for me mm-hmm. then go yeah if, if you can go to church xyz and and you're free now of the pain and the guilt and whatever you're feeling go but yeah. go with the maturity and you know, don't take the baggage. Don't take the baggage with you. So, so, but most people aren't going to come talk to you, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. They're going to get mad. They're going to leave. Whatever happened, you most of the times you're never even going to know the story. Yeah. You're never even going to know why they left. And then when you see them out and about, or at funerals or weddings or at the grocery store or something, you still have to approach them, uh, show grace. Yeah. You know catch up with them how you been doing we you know uh, stuff like that because you know that's that's all we can do yeah that's all we can do and and so i think if more people had that approach uh we'd be all all be better off because you know unfortunately a lot of people do take their baggage and they go somewhere else and next thing you know you know you're having a conversation with somebody and 
they're saying, well, this person, yeah, came from your church and, uh, you know, do you want them back or whatever? Right, you know, we've, yeah, heard, yeah. we've had people have conversations like that and you're right. like, but, you know, you can't like, you can't like um, uh, talk bad about them either. You got to say, well, you know, they, they need some help or maybe they had some yeah. some problems that they need to deal with, but you don't really need to divulge anything that's confidential either. But um, you just need to be willing to help people. I think I think the, the point that you made there about um, a couple of things that stand out. One is that I think in all these instances we're talking about helping people, these are people who want to be helped at some point. Yes. I, and, and, and at the very least, going back to what you said and what Jeremiah said. Or they're I, grateful that someone offered the help, like the girl in the race. Right, right. She was grateful afterwards. Even I, though she probably wasn't saying help. Right, right. But th- but she's willing to accept help. Yes. Right. We're talking about people who are willing to accept help. But we're also talking about having the attitude of being available to give that help. Mm-hmm. So you make yourself available. It won't always be reciprocated. Um, and if if it's if it's not, you don't force it either. You, you just can't. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's some instances, I guess, where you really you push harder because you think that person's going to harm themselves or right. something or harm someone else. That's that's different. But um, but in large part, people have to want to be helped in order to help them, and so there has to be that. One other thing that I I, I would say too in regards to helping people get in the race, helping them remove their obstacles, helping them. Uh, to recover fully and get back and be able to 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 run that race we're talking about here, I think it's really important, guys, that we don't take on in doing that that we personally don't take on the role of interpreter. And what I mean when I say that is, I think it's it's dangerous, in fact, for me to say, "Oh, this is why this is happening mm-hmm. to you." Um, it's not for me to tell you why this is happening to you. That's for you and God to divulge that together, you know, and to figure that out. Perhaps it is, perhaps it's, um, you know, it might be retribution. It might be discipline. It might just be really bad circumstances. Um, but it's not for me to say, this is why this is happening to you. Rather, it's for, that. I don't think that's helpful at all, in fact. Right. I think, like, what's I, think far I, more helpful, yeah. I think what's far more helpful is to say, I don't know why this is happening to you, but I know that there's a loving God who cares about you and wants you to run the race that he has intended for you to run. And so I think it's far more important to point people to God than it is to try to help them figure out why it's happening. Everybody's going to ask that. Why is this happening to me? Right. But it's not to, up to us to try to interpret right. that. And, and I think I even mentioned that when people have that why moment or am I being punished and all my response is always you know this has happened now what is God teaching you through it yeah uh, then then it's up to them to realize well maybe it is discipline or maybe it was I'm not going to be the one that says yeah you're here in this hospital bed because you showed your tail at the business meeting <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. No, now no. that may be what happened, <laughs> but I'm not God. Right. And at the same time, too, we're not Jesus. We can't right. save the people. And yeah. I think sometimes we think I'm the one that's got to save this person. Yeah. And if they would just listen to me, I can get them saved from their circumstances or whatever going through. But, but, but all I can do is just, you know, allow the Holy Spirit. And I think being patient to allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives as well. And don't, yeah. Not try to um, rush it. And not try, not try to prolong it, you know. 
um, I mean, one of the biggest things, you know, just the whole rehab thing, just not rushing, not trying to do too much, not trying to get way ahead of the game mm -hmm. when you got to take the next step. Yeah, it's and all about It's always the next step. It's all about and then, the steps. Uh, but people's got, like you said, people have to be willing to accept uh, the help that you're willing to give. Yep. And, all right, so and then know our limitations, what they are when we give it. All right, so we're we're at the end of this uh, podcast, but um, so you said you got one more in the yeah. Tank. I think I'm going to talk about it it's, it's a couple. It's I think uh, two verses later it talks about a root of bitterness, uh -huh. and so the whole point is uh, the whole point is that uh, I had a choice to make. I could have got bitter, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people do. And so I'm, even though it doesn't pertain to me, it could. Right, and you know, if I'm not careful, it could in the future. Yeah, you know, turn into bitterness. So right. I'm gonna talk about that root of bitterness and how a lot of times when things happen, if we're not careful, we we can get bitter about it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that sounds like a great discussion. We'll look forward to having that talk next week. Right now, we're gonna say goodbye to you for for now. We hope that you have a great week. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today, you can always reach us at rosbcpastors. That's plural at gmail.com. We uh, be glad to talk to you and uh, glad to hear, hear from you. Well, that's it for today, folks. Have a great week ahead of you, and we'll see you on the next one. So long.